0: ladies and gentlemen fellas 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 welcome back to the channel thursday night football there's a couple hundred thousand dollar ruskies to first place on DraftKings, so they said sound you want to make a video about this and i'm like yeah let's do it because how else is anybody in the world supposed to watch this game unless they have some sort of fantasy or betting aspect to it and we're probably gonna have both but for this video right now we're gonna be talking about the fantasy football version of it for DraftKings daily fantasy sports we'll also touching some super draft stuff so whatever else you're gonna be tuning in for we'll touch on so what this video is going to do we're gonna go through all the players on the slate that I think are viable. There's like 28 players on the slate that I think are at least going to be on the field, and we'll go through them all very briefly, spend more time on some than others, of course, and I'll put a mark next to them. Yes, I'm interested because they're that good of a value, and I expect to get a good amount of. X means, yeah, I'm going to have some of it. and maybe I'll get even more by the time that I crunch my lineups. I'm recording this on Wednesday. There's a lot of injury news, so Thursday night we go live. We go live for about an hour at 5 30 p.m. East Coast time, where I'll have all my exposures done, we'll have a lot of the injury news coming in, and all that type of things. So we'll have a better grasp on the slate, but right now is going to be the heavy lifting, the strong prep the 95% of what we have to do before the slate starts. And then maybe I'll even put a no by a player, meaning that I don't have any interest because they don't look like a good value. They're not gonna be on the slate a lot or just because of their price point. Again, not a good value. I don't think I'm going to be getting there a lot in the optimizer. I have my projections done. I have my rankings done. All that stuff is currently up on Patreon. If you are a Patreon and you are a member of priority or the Hall of Fame package, you currently have access to all this information. Again, link down below patreon.com backslash sal underscore vetri underscore. Or you can just click the link. You can check out all that I have to offer on Patreon. These showdown slates are just the beginning of it. 20 plus pages game-by-game game notes for the main slate, projections, rankings, closing thoughts, podcasts, and more data for the main slate as well. You can check all that stuff out and more linked down below on Patreon. If you are a fellow who wants to win all the dollar ruskies on Thursday night, the hundreds of thousands of dollar ruskies potentially by yourself, and you want to be more informed, that's the better way to do it, right? The more informed you are, the more information you have, bigger your bigger, edge, you're in the right spot. And I appreciate it right now if you can hit the like button and the subscribe button. Our next step on the YouTube version of this show, shout out to the people on the podcast, is to hit 30,000 subscribers. We're very close to that, right? So please do hit the like and subscribe subscribe. subscribe button. I do appreciate all of that in advance. If you're listening on the podcast, we're about 10 away reviews from 500 reviews. really helps out a ton. I give $50 away to one person a week. At the end of the week, I reach out to somebody who leaves a podcast review, five-star rate review on Apple. If you're on an Android device, on Stitcher, just leave a way for me to contact you, say something nice about the show, and you get that as well. So with all that said, let's get into the showdown today, where we're going to go by each player. Before we do, I will call out that Super Draft is the sponsor of the show. Super Draft is a multiplier format. It's not salary cap like DraftKings or FanDuel or Fantasy Draft used to be. It is a multiplier format. So for example, on this slate, Sam Donald gets one times his points because his multiplier is one, but Brett Ripkin, who has now been named the starter, if you have not already heard for the Denver Broncos over Jeff Driscoll, they're saying Driscoll might be involved still because of his mobility, but Brett Ripken has a three X multiplier, meaning that he's basically priced as a backup quarterback still, meaning that he gets three times his points because of that. Currently Brett Reipkin, and Ripken, whatever you want to pronounce his name, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong. The first time has 36 fantasy points currently in my projections for super Jeff. That is currently about nine more than anybody else on the slate so even if he has a really bad game he's still going to be projected out as one of the highest projected plays because of the amount of usage he'll have so as long as he doesn't get hurt or pulled pretty early or anything like that brett Ripon looks like he's going to need to be in 100 percent of people's lineups on super draft so there's your little super draft tip for today if you use the promo code sal sal you will get a 50 deposit match up to a thousand dollar ruskies given to you in a slow drip format so check it out link down below promo code sal gets you that 50 deposit bonus up to a thousand dollar ruskies So let's start this bad boy up with Melvin Gordon, who's the most expensive player in the slate. We'll go by pricing for the slate right now. Melvin Gordon currently. So... Philip Lindsay might return. That would not be good for Melvin Gordon because in week one, Philip Lindsay was working as basically the one A to Melvin Gordon's one B and Melvin Gordon was not playing all that much. And then Philip Lindsay got hurt, which allowed Melvin Gordon to get more usage. Currently I'm projecting Philip Lindsay out, but again, this is something that we will know by the time that we're streaming on Thursday live. So be sure to tune in for that one as well. And if you hit the notification bell, you'll get told of when I'm going live this season, Melvin Gordon has ran 69 routes and he has seen 12 targets bringing in nine of them, but just for 34 yards. So he's not really doing much after the catch on those targets. He ranks 95th in running back receiving grades according to pro football focus. He has 42 carries on the ground through three games, averaging 4.1 yards per carry, very meh, 174 yards and a touchdown. He's vaded in nine tackles, and he's number 11 in yards created after contact. So basically, Melvin Gordon is just a very average running back now, going up against a matchup against the Jets defense that is very average, they're in 13th versus they on right now. So for me, currently, for Melvin Gordon, I'm going to be putting him as an X. He cannot be a no, even at this price point, even though he's extremely expensive and likely very much overpriced, he cannot be a no for me only because of the fact that he is probably, if there is no Philip Lindsay, and that's the assumption that I'm currently working on, he is probably going to see 15 to 16 to 18 plus touches. And anytime that's the case, especially for a guy who gets all the red zone work in this offense, who has an upside to score two touchdowns, I don't think he looks like a great captain, but he at least is going to have to be in play for the flex. I have Melvin Gordon looking like one of the worst value plays on the slate because he's so expensive. Melvin Gordon, I don't really know how much of a difference there is between Melvin Gordon and all the Jets running backs. And that's pretty bad when the Jets running backs are Kalen Balaj, a rookie and Michael P. Ryan, who looks pretty decent and Frank Gore. Yes, I think Melvin Gordon is a better running back overall. But when you're factoring in the price point of him being almost $5,000 plus more, expensive than all those other guys, it's really difficult to starting to get there. Next up, we'll go to the quarterbacks. The first one being Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold ranks 33rd in overall protection for quarterbacks this year based on his offensive line. That's not good. So you factor in he has a terrible offensive line. You factor in that he's averaging 187 yards per game and just a 3% touchdown rate for three touchdowns on the year. He ranks currently 32nd in yards per attempt in efficiency metric for quarterbacks with 5.9 yards per attempt. And his weapons, quote unquote, his weapons are absolutely brutal right now. Now, maybe this gets better before the game starts, but he's currently been down his top three receivers in back-to-back, weeks. Rookie Denzel Mims, Jamison Crowder in the slot, his probably number one receiver, and then Brashad Perriman on the outside. He's been working with currently right now, Chris Hogan and Braxton Barrios as his top receivers. And yes, Josh Malone was his one of his top three receivers in week two. And then that top receiver quickly turned into ended up being Lawrence Kager, who I think that's how it is pronounced. I'm not really sure who that is. So damn, Darnold is not in a great spot. He's 26 in overall true completion percentage, no offensive line against a team that's not pressuring all that much right now, has a good run defense, has an average secondary, and is very good at tackling in Denver. But at least they're not as good on the pressure unit. against. And no von miller for the rest of the year potentially denver down their three best players this year in Cortland sutton von miller and then uh you can throw in drew lock to an extent into that bucket also philip Lindsay to an extent another top player on their team on the offensive side of the ball so sam donald for me currently is going to be an x both of these quarterbacks i have sam donald projected out for more points than ripen right now but it's not by that much both of these quarterbacks are in the 10k plus range honestly on this slate both of these quarterbacks should probably be in the 9k range and even arguably the 8k range based on the projections that i have for them the good news for sam donald is that as the week goes on things can only get better there has not been an update as i am according on Rashad Perriman, he is considered week to week with an ankle, but Crowder has been logging quote unquote limited practices. Now he really hasn't practiced this week, usually like a Monday. And sometimes on Tuesdays, they estimate the injury report. So people like actually haven't been on the field. So we're really going to get to see today on Wednesday, who's going to be practicing in back to back days, and who's going to be potentially playing and not playing for tomorrow based on if they're going to be limited, if they're going to be probable, questionable, downfall, all that type of stuff. So Sam Darnold is going to be a maybe for me. Again, the price point just does not make this all that appealing. And next up, Brett Ripon, who looks like a fantastic player in Super Jeff, because he has a three X multiplier meaning that they still have him kind of projected and they have him priced as if he's a backup quarterback when we know he's not he's the starting quarterback so it would be as if on DraftKings that today he was like in the seven or six k range yes on super draft he looks very good he is a top play now he's averaged 8.3 yards per attempt in his final two years at boise state he was an undrafted free agent out of boise state but just 5.9 yards per attempt last week but it was only nine targets a small sample and did his overall day with an interception on his one drive that he got to play 11 plays he threw the ball nine times and one of them was an interception as a freshman at boise state he broke out young according to player. Profile. He had over 3,300 yards, 20 touchdowns, only eight interceptions, and 7.8 yards per attempt. So in college he was fine, and obviously if you're in the NFL you probably have to be pretty decent, especially uh, just to get on a team. You had to be that good, or even being that productive, you're still only an undrafted free agent. Ripen for me right now is going to be a maybe, and honestly both these quarterbacks I prefer Sam Donald right now, but they're both pretty low end maybes for me because of their price tags. But it very well could come down to this late to being like a 13 to 10 game, something very low. I mean this is a very low total game. We have a total right now that's only in the 30s, right? We have a total that's currently sitting at 39 and a half 40 in some spots so if that's the case usually the kickers and defenses on these showdown slates are going to be more in play and maybe maybe you just need total upside in points and if sam Darnold goes out there and scores 14 fantasy points which is not good for the price point but nobody else on the slate is scoring more than like 10 or 12 points it might be enough for you to actually need sam Darnold because there's a lot of cheap options on the slate to get there it might be enough for you to be brett Ripon. and honestly playing both of them is probably going to be very contrarian this week maybe not in cash lands i'm are playing cash in showdowns but in GPPs. but for right now they're both going to be maybes for me and the next player that we move to is Noah Font. Noah Font at $9,000 with Brett Ripon as his starting quarterback. He saw one target in those nine throws that Brett Ripen has. Right now, Noah Font leads this team with 103 routes run through three games. He's seen 21 targets. He's brought in 14 of them, 184 yards and two touchdowns. As a tight end, he's seen a very nice 96 yards after the catch, 13.1 yards perception, a 67% catch rate. He's in the slot over a quarter of the time, 28%, and he's seen three deep targets. My issue with Noah Font is one, the price point of $9,000. I only have currently a peek behind the curtain, a little uh, sample here, 9.5 projected fantasy points for Noah Font. In GPPs, I have him graded as a B- play. And in cash right now, I have him graded as a B- play. He has a touchdown upside. He's going to be the number one touchdown option on this team, at least in the passing game. I would say overall, it's probably Melvin Gordon going to lean on the run a little bit more, probably even by the goal line right now with the quarterback that they're going to be throwing out there. But it's really tough for Noah Font to try and get anything going. He's going to have to probably score a touchdown. A five-catch, 40-yard day for Noah Font, a six-catch, 40-yard day for Noah Font at this $9,000 price tag might not be enough if you're trying to get somebody else up here in this salary range. It's really difficult to fit in no font and a melvin gordon and then trying to get one of the quarterbacks or one of the quarterbacks no font and then some of these top price receivers in the eight and seven K range so i do think no font is in play we'll give him an x right now but the price point doesn't make him an automatic yes for me i've not put my projections in the optimizer yet or crunched it i'm just waiting on the wednesday injury news and then we'll kind of get some of that going for the live stream on thursday again be sure to like the video be sure to hit the subscribe button you could join in on thursday night to the live stream where they've been pretty crazy we have also a thursday noon live stream for stardom syndrome season long questions so be sure to hit the notification bell the one on monday night was pretty wild shout out our boy uh, Nick Boyle out there scoring to the touch on the special guest called that one I'll see if I can try and get some special guests via the Skype or zoom uh, for this Thursday show It'd be pretty wild except Jamison Crowder who has logs estimated practices estimated limited practices so far we'll find out Wednesday if he's actually going to step on the football field He'll probably have a matchup versus Basie in the slot which is fine for him it's a good spot in the slot if he is indeed going to be active 39% of the target share in week one for him with Sam Darnold. and Sam Donald really needs somebody to throw the ball to and at least trust especially in the slot where he loves to throw to dating back for Sam Donald all the way to college or Juju smith Houston. And it's been whoever's been in the slot for him during this time. It just right now has been Jamison Crowder, and I would expect to be some heavy usages if he is indeed healthy. At eighty-two hundred dollars, I actually think he's appropriately priced. He's going to be a yes for me. He grades that as a pretty fine option with a lot of upside, based on the fact that he's going to see targets. If he's fully healthy and out there, I assume Crowder sees a minimum of six targets, an average of eight, with the upside of the ten-plus target share. except Jerry Judy, seventy-six percent of the snaps so far this year has a pretty nice twenty-two point two percent target share, one hundred and three slop snaps. That's third most in the league right now, and he led all the Denver receivers and all the. Denver players in week three when ripen threw nine times he was targeted on three of them again extremely small sample but at least nice to see him he was actually targeted on ripen's interception as well uh, so denver is number five in pass plays right now i assume this is going to continue to be the case they come into this game right now though as about three point favorites two and a half point favorites which is pretty damn crazy and says a lot about how bad the jets are and how much respect or lack of respect right now that this vegas has for this jets team and how bad they look so right now you're getting 286 air yards for jerry judy that's top 15 in the league and he's gonna have a matchup against pool probably in the slot right now Hamler's with playing on the outside a lot. Judy is primarily playing in the slot. So I do think Judy's in play at 7800. I would prefer Crowder if Crowder's healthy. So that's why we're going to be making Judy right now in X. But he is leaning pretty closely for me uh, to being a yes, uh, just based on the fact that he's getting so much usage and really so much usage downfield. The issue is now they have another quarterback change, third quarterback change, and just because of injury and players not playing well in four weeks at this point. So it's going to be difficult to see how consistent we can trust him at this price tag. Next up for me is Braxton Barrios. And Braxton Barrios would move to the outside if Crowder is going to be back, he might actually not even get that much playing time, they might just not play him all that much and keep Chris Hogan or Josh Malone or Lawrence and Kager on the outside if Perriman's not back, but Crowder is back. Darius is primarily a slot receiver for this team. He's ran 62 routes the last two weeks, which leads the team. He's caught 10 passes, 123 yards and two touchdowns. He's looked pretty good, but just a 13% target share for him on the season. Is he their wide receiver one question mark based on last week and based on the week before? Yes, I think he's their wide receiver one over the past two weeks. So he's going to be in play for me, but if Crowder is in, and obviously if Crowder and Perriman are in, don't play these guys, especially since they're priced up, but I don't think Perriman's going to go. We'll get more news on that. But 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 if Crowder is in, $7,200 for Braxton Barrows is way too much for me, in my opinion. Now, he has a 2.35x multiplier on Superdraft. I think that actually looks pretty good. It looks decent to an extent. So Barrows will be in play for me, but I'm not that thrilled to pay $7,200 for him. I'd rather pay it for Jerry Judy. I'd rather pay it for Crowder as long as he's in. If Crowder is out, then yes, obviously, there's not as many options now at all for this teams, and Barrows will operate as the number one wide receiver. Frank Gore, so far in the last two weeks, 36 attempts and three targets. He's seen 39 opportunities in the past two weeks, but this is not a good spot. He has seen six red zone touches on the year, but Denver ranks number three. And run defense after being the number one run defense in the entire league according to pro football focus last year in 2019 it's a brutal offensive line versus defensive line matchup right now for the jets it's a negative negative 25 percent run blocking advantage for the jets compared to average that is not very good he's ran 21 routes Frank frankhorn seen three targets 3.4 yards perception and just a three percent target share frank Gore is now priced to 6400 dollars i only have him projected for around seven fantasy points frank Gore is going to be our first no on the slate right now it is just an absolutely brutal matchup and if anything he's starting to seize his role even though he has seen good usage the last two weeks but if if you compare week two to week three, Kalen Balaj saw a little bit more usage and the rookie Michael P. Ryan saw a lot more usage. So Frank Gore at that price point, he's going to only be able to pay it off, in my opinion, if he needs these two touchdowns. He's getting enough touches to be able to, especially in the red zone, two touches in the red zone per week so far. But I'm just not going to be banking on Frank Gore's one to two to three yard touchdowns in this game, hoping it doesn't happen. And we're probably not going to play a lot or any of Frank Gore. Next up is Philip Lindsay. There's a chance he returns. I currently have not projected as a no and not playing. I'm going to be putting him as a maybe for the purpose of this video, because if he does play, I do have interest at 6200. Again, if he's healthy, he was operating, as basically the one A to Melvin Gordon's one B as the number one workhorse back on this team in Week One before getting hurt. Any interest that I currently have in Melvin Gordon, who I've projected out as right now the highest scoring player on the slate, even though he's that most expensive, doesn't make him look like that great of a play. It would drop. It would drop a lot more, and I don't know how much Melvin Gordon I would actually get to if Philip Lindsay was to return, who would be then the primary pass catching back to an extent. Right, we saw that in Week One, and maybe even the one to see the most carries on the ground in Week One, and that's what we were seeing before he got hurt. So right now Philip Lindsay at 6,200. Yeah, his price point might be a little bit of expensive, but I'm going to be putting him in as a maybe. Right right now. Another big reason as to why he's a maybe is just if you look at the six and five range, we're about to get to it. There's really not a lot of people in his price range. So if you're stuck in that price range, I would prefer Philip Lindsay if he's healthy to Franco right now. I might even prefer him to Braxton Berrios if Jamison Crowder was to play. Then I do prefer him to the guys below him as in Kalen Blasch. Kalen Blasch is so expensive right now. It makes no sense to me at $5,800. Through two games, he's seen 10 opportunities, just three carries and seven targets. Now he's brought in all seven of those targets, but I don't expect that to continue. He brought in five of them, five targets for five receptions in week three. He's had no red zone touches. He's had 69 total yards so far, 14 routes run. So on his 14 routes, he's seen seven targets and seven receptions. He's seen a 50% target rate on his routes run. That is not going to continue by any means. That would, You know what that tells me? That tells you that last week they were trailing by a lot to the Colts and they were in just past happy mode. He was running all of his routes in the second half and they were trailing from behind and they were just checking it down to Kalen Balazs. I'm not going to expect that, especially in a game today where they're only three point, two and a half point underdogs. I don't think he's going to be seeing targets on almost every single one of his routes run. He has seen a 12% target share, just 19% of the snaps. And another thing that docks him is is that LaMichael P. Ryan's role increased from well, week one where he didn't play to week two and then week two to week three in a pretty major way. So for me, Kalen Blage might be one of the worst plays in the slate at $5,800. In my opinion, he should be probably priced in the 3k range, probably even the 2k range. If you tell me that Kalen Blage's upside is if they trail in a big way and the and then even then his upside is just seeing like four or five targets and maybe he brings in three, four or five of them. That's not really all that much upside of 5,800. Even if you told me that Kalen Blage catches four balls right now for 30 yards, seven fantasy points at this price point probably doesn't get it done for you. And I haven't projected for way less than that. Next up is the Bron- Broncos defense, I'm going to have interest here. They're ranked ninth overall right now, third against the run. They're ranked 28th in pressure, which is the one spot that you may actually get some upside maybe from Sam Darnold with a bad offensive line, top 10 in tackling and 14th overall in coverage. They are priced up to 5,600. They look like a fine play today. A lot of the defenses and kickers are going to be in play on a slate that only is projected in a game for under 40 overall points. Anytime that you're in the 30s, or at least some books have it in the 30s at 39, 39 and a half, whatever it might be, it's going to be a better spot for kickers. It's going to be a better spot for defenses because if less position players are scoring, that helps the defenses if they're only scoring six points, that helps the kickers if they're only scoring six or seven points, not as many touchdowns being scored in the game means that there's a better opportunity for a kicker to get into your lineup. Usually I set a rule to only have one kicker in my lineup, right? And at most one kicker. But in these games, I might not set that rule. I don't I hate the idea of the upside, right? And the lack of upside that a lineup has if I have two kickers in it in a GBP. So I probably still will have that rule there. But I'm going to consider I'm going to see what my lineups look like. If I play just one kicker in every single lineup, which I normally do at most right at most one kicker means that I could have zero in a lot of them, which is normally the case, because I assume if I put out my projections with what I have, right now projected for the kickers. I'm going to have a lot of lines that have both of them in it and I'm not sure I really want all that much because that kind of captures upside but we'll get into that when we get there in a second. Chris Herndon at $5400 is the next player I want to talk about for some reason. Chris Herndon right now in SuperDraft still has a 3x multiplier so that makes him my second overall play on the slate. He's projected as if he's one of the worst plays in the slate right next to Brett Ripon, as they projected him as a backup quarterback. Chris Herndon is way too cheap right now in SuperDraft. So again, promo code SAL, SAL get you a 50% deposit match up to $1000 Whiskies Go over there and play. Their contests are not closing. They have a $1000 multiple $1000 to first place for these showdown slates go over to super jeff right now in the positive because if you're not it is the number one return on investment spot especially because not a lot of people are using projections not a lot of people are even entering these contests earned ran 67 rounds which is right now the second most on this team through three games he has seen 16 targets he's claimed 30% of his slot snaps out of the slot right now he's brought in just 10 passes for 63 yards it has not been looking good no deep targets just four slot targets just 6.3 yards perception he is by far the best passing option that they've had on this team over the last two weeks and he's not being used at all after a pretty productive week one he has not been used at all pretty much over the the past two weeks. That is very concerning. For me in this one, I haven't projected it's not even that great of a play in terms of his overall projection, but compared to everybody else, it's going to look pretty good because most players in the slate aren't going to project out that nicely. So Chris Herndon for me is actually going to be an early yes. I think he has all the red zone upside. Even if Crowder comes back, I don't think that takes too much away from his projection. Maybe docks it by a half a target to a target, something along those lines. He looks like a much better play in Super Draft, but he's looking like a decent play as well on DraftKings at just 5,400. Rashad Perriman, I have projected this out. We haven't had an injury update on his week to week ankle injury, so there's no update right now. If he was to be and he would likely push Lawrence Kager out of the rotation. I would assume Hogan still stays in. It would be a tougher matchup against Bryce Callahan on the outside, but I think it's still fine for uh Perriman if he does play, but right now I project him for zero points. So keep an eye on this. We'll put him as a maybe because if he is indeed in, he's going to be somebody I have interest in at just $5,200 operating as the number one downfield option played a hundred percent of the snaps week one before getting hurt week two. Next up, some receivers from Denver, Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler. I'll have interest in both of them right now. Look, Tim Patrick in week three ran 41 routes. He saw two targets overall from ripen on those nine throws A 13% Target share so far on the year. He's brought in 10 catches, 96 yards, and a touchdown. He's had four deep targets, which is time for fourth in the league right now. He has a matchup versus Deep uh, Desire, De who is the former Indianapolis Colts cornerback. It's a tough spot. Who, he doesn't give up a lot of deep plays. He plays a lot of people in front of him right now. So for Tim Patrick at $5,000, if you project somewhere around four or five targets for him, a lot of them usually being at least downfield, hence the four deep targets on the year, he'll be interesting to me. He'll be right now a maybe, not somebody that I want to get too much over the field on. And next up, we get to KJ Hamler. KJ Hamler is somebody that I do want to get some of, right? So he led Denver in in week three with 44 routes. He went three receptions for 30 yards on five targets, no ripen targets though. So that's at least something to point out. Again, a small sample. He's seen about a 16% target share in the year. Second only to Jerry Judy on this team from the wide receiver position. He's been used in the slot just 16% of the times because Jerry Judy's operating there. So he's on the outside where he has some more big play upside. He's had 13 yards per reception so far, just eight yards after the catch. And so far in the season, he has had six catches for 78 yards, keeping in mind that he really did not play in week one. He's just had two games to work with. So KJ Hamler for me at 4,800 is going to be a yes. He's another guy who has a three X multiplier in super draft. That is the highest multiplier. He's way, way, way too underpriced him Herndon right now and ripen over there in super draft. So be sure to get those guys into at least one of your super draft lineups, if not a lot of them. Hamler for me, if I can project him to see four to six targets at this price range, it's going to at least be interesting because he is priced so closely to the kickers. But we obviously know as a wide receiver running a ton of rounds leading the team last week in rounds, he has way more upside than the kickers in this matchup, because if he finds his way into the end zone, he's likely going to automatically outscore them. Next up, we'll have a couple of the kickers here towards this list. You can see I'm going to have interest in the kickers. Yes, I'm going to have them interest in them by a good amount because look, they're going to project out of some of the best value plays on the slate at their price points, especially on a low scoring slate where kickers usually at least projected by Vegas low scoring usually get into the games and get into the winning lineups a lot more. So both kickers for me are going to be in play. They're not both yeses just yet. We'll run the optimizer and I'll see if they end up being yeses. But both kickers are in play. I have them projected out for similar points. I have McManus for more at this point. They're both priced very similarly. So I'll see what I end up getting on the show on Thursday night at 6pm or 5 30pm Eastern Time So be sure to hit the like subscribe all those things and notification bell so you can be notified. Jets defense, I'll have interest in as well. Look, they're going up against a third string quarterback who is an undrafted free agent on a Boise State who won nine attempts last week, looked half decent through an interception. Uh, You have to at least have some interest in them on a showdown slate at just $40,000. They're ranked 25th overall right now in defense. Their defense is not good, just as well as their offense is not good. They're average against the run. They're 31st in tackling. They're dead last in coverage right now. So Brett Rypen could not have asked for a better matchup. The issue is he's got a guy right now an undrafted free agent starting on a short week as a third string quarterback. So maybe that's an advantage or disadvantage for the Jets not having a lot of film on him. They ranked 19th in pressure they are not good anywhere right now. So this matchup might actually be a beneficial one for ripen. I do prefer the Denver Broncos defense currently to the Jets, but the Jets will be in play for me. And then we get to some of the guys on the bottom of this list. So I'll scroll it up just a little bit here. And you can see right now that I have Deshaun Hamilton down here. Don't have much interest. Deshaun Hamilton, just 19% of the snaps in week three, but he did not run any routes. Deontay Spencer actually ran more routes than him and had one reception on one target. He's seen just 8.6% of the team target share. The veteran out of Penn State now in Deshaun Hamilton. Not going to have much interest here. Just two receptions all year long at $3,400. I don't know how He's not a 3X multiplier. i have no interest in Deshaun Hamilton, who seems to have gotten pushed out of the three wide receiver sets last week for Deontay Spencer. Maybe there was an injury that I didn't see, but for right now, I'm not gonna have interest either way. Chris Hogan is cheaper, I don't know how than Deshaun Hamilton. Chris Hogan is running a lot of routes. Now keep in mind, if indeed Breshab Perriman is back and Crowder is back, I don't have as much interest in Hogan. But if it's the same wide receivers in a short week that they're gonna roll out there that they have for pretty much the past one to two weeks, I will have a good amount of interest in Chris Hogan. Yes, he got goose egg last week. He had no catches, he didn't see any targets, but he's been playing 94% of the snaps this year. He's been seeing almost a 17 17- Percent target share. He's ran 90 routes and he has 94% route participation. So, pretty much almost every single time Sam Darnold drops back, this man in Chris Hogan is also running a route on those. He's had seven catches for 75 yards in the year. Keep in mind, that's just through week one and two because he was goose egg last week for no catches, no targets. So, he ran 25 routes though, so he was still involved in week three. And it was just a wacky game flow all over the place where they were checking the ball down a ton. They were 50 50 run pass, even though Sam Darnold threw two pick sixes and was down by a major amount. So, right now, $3,200 Chris Hogan, he has a 2.9x multiplier in Super Draft. That's looking decent. Maybe Maybe not great, but decent. He looked really good on DraftKings, in my opinion. If Indeed, there's no Paraman. and if there's no Crowder, he looks even better. He's going to be on the outside, he's going to have a similar role to Braxton Barrios, in my opinion. Like, look, Braxton Barrios and Hogan are probably both going to run around 30 routes in this game, somewhere along those lines. But Braxton Barrios is priced at $7,200. This is the ultimate recency bias play. Braxton Barrios has had a touchdown in each of the past two weeks and look good out there. Chris Hogan did not do anything last week, but for Chris Hogan, he's priced like $4,000 cheaper. Doesn't make any sense. Chris Hogan is going to be actually a yes for me right now. Next up, we'll have Royce Freeman, who I thought maybe was going to be interesting to me if there was no Phil Lindsay. So if there's no Philip Lindsay, I still don't even have that much. Much interest in Royce Freeman he doesn't grade out that nicely I thought he was more involved over the last two weeks just watching the games than he actually was the last two weeks he's only ran 14 routes he's caught just two balls on two targets for 31 yards all of that was in week three as well in the passing game the two catches on the two targets and all he's done on the ground five attempts for 24 yards. So all you've seen over these last two weeks since Philip Lindsay has been officially out for the entire game is just seven opportunities for him. Now he's made the best of those seven opportunities by overall having about 55 yards on them, which is pretty good to see from a yards per touch, metric. but he's not getting all that much usage and he's 2,800. It's not like he's cheap. If he was in the $1,200 range, the $800 range, maybe it's interesting because on those two or three touches that he gets, maybe he finds the end zone like our boy Nick Boyle on Monday Night Football, but I'm not going to be getting there right now at $2,800. The rookie running Macklin Michael P. Ryan for the Jets out of University of Florida in week three, his role increased compared to week two, he had seven carries and he had two targets. So nine opportunities at $1,800. If you gave me that again, I'd sign up for that all day on a showdown slate. He ran 12 routes and he ended up seeing two receptions on those and he played 35% of the snaps over a third of the snaps on the season. He has 4.1 yards per carry and he's evaded two tackles. Look, Michael P Ryan's role from week two to week three, he was out week one increased in a major way. So if you're telling me even if Michael P Ryan, and this is a game where they're trailing by a ton the entire game, he ends up seeing seven carries. Maybe there's an opportunity it goes up again. Maybe he sees eight to 10 carries in this game. Maybe he runs 15 routes and he sees two more targets. If Michael Pirine, and he can go out there and obviously see just four touches and it does not do anything for you. Four touches for like 20 yards and you're just sitting there with a dud in your lineup at two fantasy points. But on a showdown slate, it's all about opportunity. And if Michael Pirine at just $1,800 is going to get maybe six touches, maybe 10 opportunities, maybe the role increases and the game stays closer than it was a blowout last week and they give him a couple more carries, right? So this role increasing is the reason why I don't like it a priced up Kalen Blasch. I don't like a priced up Frank Gore because he's only $1,800. So for me right now, Michael Ryan is actually going to be a yes. Now it doesn't mean I'm putting him into 100% of my lineups. It just means based on his price point and the usage that I'm going to project for him, it makes him an appealing play at this price tag. Now an appealing play might just be four fantasy points. And maybe that's enough, maybe it's not enough, depending on how much everybody else scored and what it allows you to open up in your lineup because there are some expensive players in the slate. So he's a yes for me right now. That does not mean he'll be in 50% of my lineups. It might mean I have 15% of Michael P. Ryan, but the field's only going to have like 7%. So I'm double the field. So we'll see what ends up happening once I crunch all my lineups. That's pretty much it for me. I don't really have any interest in any of these other players. As I scroll down, uh, there's only a couple players left on my sheet. It's just Jake Butt right now, Ryan Griffin, Nick Vanette, and Josh Malone. You might be saying, Sal, how don't you like Josh Malone? He was a starting wide receiver. Yeah, he was a starting wide receiver week two. and Then he was overtaken in week three by Lawrence Kager. And Lawrence Kager is not as of right now of me projecting this in the DraftKings player pool. Josh Malone pretty much played no snaps. He didn't run any routes for the most part in week three. That ended up being Lawrence Kager as the wide receiver three option. So unless they jump back to it, unless there was something about him being injured and we didn't know about it, it just looks like he got overtaken and they were not liking his play out there. So I have no interest in any of these guys down here. Jake Butts ran just 19 routes through three games. Ryan Griffin has ran just 25 routes through three games and only seen one slot target and two overall targets. Nick Vanette is a notorious pass blocking tight end from when he was with Seattle, from when he was with the Steelers. So all he has done is ran six routes per game to this point. He has seen four targets and caught a ball for negative six yards, but I don't even expect his target share to be that high. If you're only going to run 18 routes, you're not going to see four targets all that often as a pass blocking tight end. And then again, no interest in Josh Malone as he really did not play last week at all. So that's where I'm at right now. I appreciate you tuning in for the Thursday night video. This is going to be a pretty crazy slate. The only reason you're watching is for fantasy or betting purposes. Please do before you go hit the like button, hit the big old subscribe button that's popping up on the screen right now and check out SuperDraft. My best Super Draft plays right now as it stands, Brett Ripon, not even close will be the top play for me. Chris Herndon will be number two in that regard. And then KJ Hamler will be number three. Those are my top three Super Draft plays by a decent margin. So be sure to sign up and use the promo code SAL, S-A-L upon your first deposit for 50% deposit match up to $1,000. You won't get it instantly. It will become in a slow drip format, meaning that the more that you spend and you play they will cancel out the rake for you and put money into your account to kind of combat and kind of cancel out all the way the rake these contests aren't filling you're gonna have the best roi chance on super jeff especially on these showdown slates where not a lot of people play them and not a lot of people have projections like i do I have a lot of projections rankings all that stuff models uh 20 pages of game by game notes a lot of other stuff as well for the week four and every single slate that we're going to have for the nfl even into the xfl when that starts it's very exciting link down below on my patreon you can check it all out patreon.com backslash sal underscore underscore again all that stuff is linked down below on my patreon thank you so much for tuning in like, and subscribe before you go support super And you can follow me on Twitter for the rest of my content schedule for this week and the weeks moving forward at sound DFS. I appreciate you all and I'll see you in the next one.